everyone, and welcome to Everyday English, helping you make the complex simple. My name is Laura Marshall Say, owner of Marshall Say English, and I help professionals just like you improve their English so they can present themselves to the world with confidence. This week, I'd like to talk about what you need to do if the worst happens and you lose your job. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to look at CVs, network building, and doing interviews in English. Right now, analysts around the world are trying to figure out what the economy will look like after the coronavirus pandemic is over. It's going to be hard to predict, mainly because we have no idea how long this situation will last. But one thing is sure, unemployment will rise. That means you need to start updating your CV and building your network now. Even if you're not worried about your job, it's still a good idea to update your CV two or three times a year anyway. So where do you start? Most people look at their CV as a history of what they've done from the past to the present. The focus being on the past. And that's true, to a point. You see, I don't see it that way. I look as, at a CV as a vehicle to move you forward, which means the first question you need to ask yourself is, where do you want to go? Do you want a job similar to the one you have now? Or are you looking to move into a slightly, or maybe even completely, different direction? This is important to know, because that will determine what you focus on when you write your CV. Now, jobs are complicated things. Very few people have a job where they only do one thing. Most people have multiple aspects to their job. With that in mind, I would like you to imagine that you have a light with a very focused beam. And you're going to shine that beam onto your CV. What you highlight depends on what type of job you are looking for. For example, let's say you have a job where part of your responsibility is database management. And another part of that job is designing promotional brochures and tracking their effectiveness, just like you would a marketing campaign. Now let's say I wanted a job in marketing. I would then highlight the marketing aspects of my job, the promotional brochures and tracking their effectiveness. If I was looking for a more analytical job, I would highlight the tasks involving database management and the analysis of the data. So if I'm highlighting, for example, the marketing aspects of my job, what do I do with all those other tasks? Simple. You leave them off. Now, I've had a few clients feel that leaving things off your CV is dishonest, but it isn't. If you're looking for a job in marketing, the last thing that that recruiter or employer wants to see 
is a lot of information about database analysis, unless that's what the job involves. Keep in mind that most employers will spend less than one minute looking at your CV, unless they are really interested in you. You'll need to grab them quickly, which means leaving off any extra information. And you need to keep the CV short. Two pages is best. Remember, the CV is there to grab the interest of the reader enough that they will offer you an interview. You can talk about your career in greater detail when you get the interview. So here are a few tips. One, if you are answering a specific job advert, use the advert as a guide. What are the requirements of the job? If you have them, be sure to include every single one on your CV. If there are other related tasks, include them as well. Again, leave out anything that isn't relevant. Okay, number two. Write your CV in the language of the advert. If the advertisement for the job is in English, your CV and cover letter should be in English too. If it's in another language, write it in that language unless the advertisement tells you to do otherwise. And third, if you don't have a specific advertisement, look online to see the jobs in the field that you're interested in. What are most of them looking for? Use that to tailor your CV. Okay, now let's get to the heart of the matter. What you should include on your CV. I'm going to start at the top and work my way down. Although, some of these things you can move around, and we'll discuss that as well. So the first and the most obvious are your personal details. These include your name, address, telephone number, and email address. You can also link, add your LinkedIn profile or a website if you have one. When writing a CV in Europe, it's normal to add your photograph. If you're applying for a job in America, do not, I repeat, do not add your photograph. This is not done in America, and it would seem really weird if you do so. You notice in the personal details, I didn't tell you to include your date of birth, your marital status, the number of children you have or don't have, or your nationality. Why? Because it is not required. In fact, they cannot ask you about any of these things in the European Union, or America for that matter. It's against the law. Now, I have seen a lot of websites recently that tell you it's traditional and you should add them. I say, don't. In fact, on the Europass website, and the Europass website is a service of the EU, and it's great for helping you build your CV, they tell you to leave all of this information off. The website for the Europass is really, really good, and I'll leave the link for that in the description box of today's podcast. So you have your personal details. 
The next thing that you need to write is your objective. And the objective is where you list the type of job you are looking for or the job that you're applying for. Please keep this section short and leave off cliche phrases like energetic, enthusiastic trainer seeks a responsible, flexible position. Everyone uses those, so it means nothing other than wasted space. Instead, try something more straightforward, like, I'm a recently qualified lawyer seeking a position in sanctions compliance within an international bank. It says who you are and what you're looking for. Simple. Now let's move to education and training. When you list your education and training, list your most recent qualification or training first, and then work your way back. But don't include everything, just your university and or your vocational training. If you're a school leaver, it's okay to list your courses. But if you've been working for several years, simply list what you studied and the dates. Leave off all the coursework. And please, do not list anything beyond university or your vocational training. If I'm an employer hiring you to be a data analyst, I really don't want to know where you went to elementary school when you were 10 years old. That's not important to me. Now, if you are young and don't have much experience, put your education first on your CV. If you are an experienced worker, then put your education after your professional experience. Okay, that brings us to professional experience. And this is the most important part. It's what employers really want to see and really where you need to spend most of your time. When you do this, I don't want you to just list your tasks. That's boring. I want you to use dynamic action verbs and show the result of those actions. Let's take a look at an example. This came off of a CV. The job was in London, and the position was member of the outreach team. So the first one just has the tasks listed. Outreach team, London. Tasks included monthly newsletter, Workshop for Teachers, Database Entry. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. It just isn't very exciting and is not going to excite an, a potential employer. Let's look at example number two. The second example is going to start with an introduction to what the outreach team is. The outreach team brought school children from lower participation neighborhoods into the university to show them the possibility of higher education. Tasks liaised with marketing for the production of a monthly newsletter to parents, teachers, and school children around London. The delivery of workshops to introduce London school teachers to our programs. This, combined with the newsletter, increased participation by over 40% over the previous year. Management of database 
to record the efficacy of our outreach activities. This allowed the team to determine which activities not only drew the most participants, but which made the highest impact on those students. Can you see the difference between the two? Not only do I have a better feel for what person number two did in their job, I see that the work they did made a difference to the organization, and that is really important. Just like with education, start with your most recent job and work your way back. Also, remember to address any gaps, even if they seem obvious. For example, my CV shows that my last position in the U.S. ended in January 2013. And then there's a gap, because I didn't start my next position in the U.K. until June. And you would think that most people would understand that when you make an international move, it takes a little bit of time to get settled. It didn't matter. I was asked about that gap anyway. In fact, one recruiter asked why it was there. When I told her the reason, she said, well, we have to know. You might have been in jail or something, which seems silly. But I added a thing on my CV that says January to June 2013, time to settle after a move from the U.S. to the U.K. People finally stopped asking. The next section you need to put in there is skills. This is a summary of languages, computer software, or any other specialties you may have. For me, I wouldn't have that many skills. I would list my language skills, fluent in English, B1 in German, and the Microsoft Office suite that I know how to do. And that's it. But let's say you are applying for a job that requires a list of computer software or other skills. This is much more important to the job application. So put your skills section right at the top under objective. It allows the employer to see right away that you have the hard skills they are looking for. So it's worth their time to continue reading. Last, I want to talk about volunteer experience. So volunteering is when you work, usually for a charity or other nonprofit, for no pay. A lot of people think if you weren't paid, then it doesn't count. That's so wrong. Experience is experience. If you have volunteer experience that is related to your work, please list it. With this type of work, you have two options. You can list the specific work under professional experience, which is what I do. I volunteered for an organization back in the United States, and I actually worked my way up to the board of directors. From this non-paid work, I gained experience with strategic planning, organizational management, budgets, and grant writing. Those are definitely transferable skills and skills an employer would look for. So you can either put it under professional experience or you can put it under a separate heading, volunteer experience, just to show that you have a life outside of work. The choice is yours. 
If you have room on the CV, it is okay to list your hobbies or other outside interests. But remember, try to keep your CV to two pages. That's it for this week. I hope you found this basic introduction to CV writing helpful. And be sure to tune in next week, where I'll be sharing functional language for CVs and cover letters. If you are currently looking for a new job, I will be offering CV review and interview help online. If interested, please contact me on my website, www.marshallsayenglish.com. I'd be happy to speak to you about the services I offer. Of course, you can always leave me a message if you have a comment or a question. I'd love to hear from you. As always, stay safe wherever you are and have a great week. Bye!